Is God good? Because if, if he's not good, then maybe he's not so good, right? No, but that's not God. God is good all the time in every situation. We're so grateful and thankful. So today, as I said, new series entitled Believe. And before I actually get in the Word today, I have a little video, little video clip that I want you to watch in regards to believing. Watch this. Just be yourself. Don't even think about the camera. You'll be just fine. Right. I must confess, I don't quite know why they're making such a fuss about me. This is the holiday season, and you're Santa Claus, right? To many, yes, but to others, I'm just an old man with a white beard. Yes, but you're still the symbol of the season. You think I'm a fraud, don't you? I think fraud is a bit too strong of a word. But you don't believe in me. I believe that Christmas is for children. Well, your daughter doesn't believe in me either. I don't think that there's any harm in not believing in a figure that many do acknowledge to be a fiction. Oh, but there is. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. You know, I, I, I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol of the human ability to be able to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our lives. If you can't believe, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. I like you very much, Mrs. Mrs. Walker, you're a fine woman, and you know, I think you'll make an excellent test case for me, you and your daughter. If I could make you believe, then there'd be some hope for me. If I can't, well, I'm finished. One of my favorite quotes from a Christmas movie I love to watch. How many believe in Santa? How many can prove to me that there's not a Santa? I was about 18 years old when I got born again, and uh, through the years in the Christian world, <clears throat> there were a lot of different people that had different ideas about Christmas, Christmas trees. There are people that aren't in church here today because we have Christmas trees, and they brought me a verse of scripture out of Jeremiah that talked about cutting Christmas tree, cutting down trees and decorating the trees, and they 
used that as, as Christmas and told me that we were, you know, in essence, serving the devil by having Christmas trees. Um, had people through the years tell me that <clears throat> if you talked about Santa, we, we, had a, we had a Santa one year at our Christmas party. And there was a family that quit coming after we had the Santa Claus uh, because of what they said that we were promoting. Uh, we were promoting lies and we were promoting deception and those kind of things. <clears throat> and uh, I remember telling the man that left, I told him, well, I, I believe in Santa. So I'm the pastor, so see you. <clears throat> In essence, not ugly, just see it. Because I believe in Santa. Um, so, today, my message is not about whether you believe in Santa or not. But Santa had a great quote. That if you can't accept something by faith, then you are doomed to live a life dominated by doubt. <laughs> he got that right out of the Bible. Um, when my children were growing up, we went to every mall or place that had Santa Claus and we have pictures of our children at all the different ages with Santa Claus but what we never did was we never told our children it was unlike me because four or five years old somebody came and told me at school at kindergarten that I can remember the day it's amazing how you can remember that day I remember the little schmuck that told me there wasn't a Santa Claus too. <laughs> and, uh, but it's amazing, it's amazing what you can remember. That, that was life-changing, it was devastating to me. We never told our children that the guy at the mall was going to come down our chimney and leave us presents. We never told him that. We told our children that Santa Claus... And, and, and we studied the history of St. Nicholas and who he really was, uh, or at least one of the figures who he really was, somebody that just did good and gave gifts and had a, actually was born again and had a ministry of healing that operated in, you know, in, the, in some of the first centuries. And, um, and there's, a, there's a great story. You can find it online. You can Google it and find it online. But we, did, we told our children when they were little that he, Santa Claus was about celebrating the birth of Jesus because that's the true meaning of Christmas. So what we did, I'm not saying if you did the other, you know, don't get all under condemnation or some deal like that, but we just didn't want to tell them something that was going to be different. We just, we, but we wanted them to be able to celebrate the season and everything that it was about. And so... We've made Santa and the trees and everything. We've centered all of the celebration that the world, you know, that people, a lot of Christian people, are, maybe not so much anymore, but for a lot of years, Christian people were just against the commercialism of Christmas. 
So they fought against the commercialism. Well, it ran a lot of people off because people like presents and they like stuff and they like things, you know. And, and so, you know, our family's always been about gift giving and giving gifts to each other and to family members and friends and, and all those kind of things. We've always had a heart to want to give, not just at Christmas time, but all the year. But why be any different at Christmas? No, we can't celebrate Christmas because of what the world does to it. No, we're changing the way the world thinks. Amen with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Santa, in that little clip, made the point that Mrs. Walker and her daughter would be a good test case. And he said, if, if, I, if I can convince you, then there's hope. But if I can't, there's no hope. And the difference in that, in what he said, and if we acknowledge him as being someone that celebrates the birth of Jesus. And you and I are those who are bringing hope to the world about how great God is. We can do that with everybody. And there's not anybody that should perish. Everybody will come to the saving knowledge if we're busy sharing the light and how good God is to us. If we share that goodness with other people, man, there's no end to what can happen. Amen? But to do that, you have to believe what Mary believed. So, in my message today that's going to end on Christmas Eve, in that movie he makes a statement in his, in his, uh, in his uh, English accent. They ask him about proving that reindeer fly, and he said, you can't make the reindeer fly. They fly on Christmas Eve. <clears throat> I could just hear that. <clears throat> anyway, Luke chapter 1. <clears throat> what we're talking about today is how to rid ourselves from living a life dominated by doubt. That's why I showed you the clip. You'll remember this message based on the clip. If you can't accept something by faith, then what will happen is you'll allow your life to be dominated by doubt. And I believe what I'm going to share with you today and next week will prepare us for our Christmas Eve service. And I want to share this one verse that will kind of lead in, it will take us into our Christmas Eve service, but I'm building some foundation today and next Sunday until then. But in Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, you know the story and angel of the Lord came to Mary angel of the Lord came to Joseph. As the angel of the Lord came to Mary and told her, um, he said to her in verse 30, I'm going to read verse 38, but he said in verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb. This is a 16-year-old virgin. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the highest and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob and on and on. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I know not a man, since I've not been with a man, I'm not married. How can this be? And the angel said something else to her and when she questioned that, part of the reason 
that she questioned it because depending on the family that you were living in and depending on the sect of, of, of the Israel faith that you were a part of, in her situation, if she was going to be pregnant and not be married, she was doomed to die. If she would have a child outside of marriage, then she's doomed for destruction. And she's already, she's already um, engaged to Joseph at 16 years old. And this is her response after going back and forth because she's questioning this, which is a legitimate question, but this is what she says in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, handmaiden of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Let it be according to your word. Can you put the NIV up of that verse 38 for me? N-I-V. But the angel Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That's, uh, that's 30. Now I need 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. May your word be fulfilled to me. In other words, what did she say? I believe what you said is true and it's done. There wasn't another thing said. There's no, another record of anything else said. She was convinced that what the angel said was true, and she accepted it, and she received it. To believe something is a choice. Remember that as we go through a few verses of Scripture. Second Chronicles <clears throat> chapter 20 And verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O O Judah and, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. I, uh, I, I got this verse, this is another foundational verse for the rest of the series. And I took two different translations and took the part from believe in the Lord to the end. I took two different translations and put it together and it says, and, 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 and this verse of scripture says this. Believe firmly in God, your God. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your life will be firm. Believe firmly in God, in your God, 
and your life will be firm. Believe his word and you will always come out on top. In other words, believe firmly. Know what you believe without a doubt that God is real. And believe his word, what he said. In, in, in the New King James it says, believe the prophets and you'll prosper. In other words, believe the word spoken as I'm delivering the word today. If you believe the word, do something with it you'll always end up on top. I said always. And always is an absolute in God that no one else can produce. God is the only one that can produce absolute absolutes. If he says it, it's already done. Whether you believe it or not, it's already done. Whether it works in our life is if we choose to believe that what he said is true and any other information, any other circumstance, any other outlook, I choose to negate because I believe God's word. You'll always end up on top. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, next week, next month, but you'll always eventually end up on top. Can you say amen? Um, So, I want to look at today and next week. I'm just going to spend a little bit of time on the word believe and the word doubt. The word believe and the word doubt. We're not going to turn there, but Matthew 12, and I think it's verse 26 says, By your words are you justified, by your words are you condemned. Believing and doubting are choices. There's something we choose to do or not do. It's a choice. So in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, it says... Jesus answered to them and he said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Based on the story that was just before them, what he was saying was, don't fear that God can't. Don't fear that God can't do something. God can and God will and God has And you and I have to choose to believe that what God says is true is true. So he said, have faith in God. And he gives an example in verse 23 of what that is. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt. He doesn't doubt in his heart. He doesn't doubt. But believes that those things he says will be done He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you what things soever you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Now, a couple things today in this passage of scripture that we have to understand and know. And number one, it's this. 
Just because you say something doesn't mean you believe it. Just because you say something that God says is so doesn't mean that you believe it. And this passage of Scripture says, to get what you say, you have to believe in your heart. You can think you believe in your head, but to believe something in your heart, you're absolutely 100% sure that it's true. So, Mark 11.23 is a developing scripture. It's something that has to be developed, but you can't develop something you don't work on. You can't just wait around, and if you live long enough, that you'll believe. If the Bible says believing starts by saying, then you've got to be busy saying things. And you've got to be busy removing vocabulary from your mouth that goes contrary to the Word of God and be busy replacing it with what God says is true. That's where you and I have to be busy. If we're not busy with that, you'll never learn and you'll never experience what God wants to do in and through the power of believing. To believe something is to not be able to be talked out of it, no matter what. Wow, that just seems really hard. Well, look at the ninth chapter of the same book and the 23rd verse. Look what this says. Remember, these are absolutes that are absolute. Are you sure about that? Oh, absolutely. That's a word that's just kind of thrown around. But the Bible is full of absolutes that are absolute. And this is one of them. Jesus said to him... <clears throat> If you can believe, verse 23 of Mark 9, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. The Amplified right here says, If you can do anything, why? All things can be are possible to him who believes. All things that can be or possible to be if you choose to believe. Remember, believing is a choice. Believing is a choice in every moment that you have to choose what's right or what's not. It's always a choice to believe. So, in the, the Mark eleven twenty three verse... It says, it doesn't say that saying means you believe, but what it says is to say and not doubt. Now, not doubting is not just passive. Not doubting is active. It's something that you and I need in our life to be active at all times, to not doubt. But 
I'm not going to be strong enough to just tell myself, I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to doubt. That's not going to be enough. That's not going to hurt you, but it's not enough. Not doubting is not enough. We have to be in a state of believing. And as I was studying this next passage of Scripture that we're going to read, as I've studied it, as I was studying it just lately to bring this word, I saw some things here that I'd never seen before. And, and James chapter 1 is where we're going. And if I've read any passages of Scripture in my 40 years of salvation, man, I've been in James chapter 1 a lot. But that's the way the word works. You see things when you need to see it. But you've got to get one thing so you can get something else. It's a process. Believing is a process. And I believe if you will take what I'm going to give you right here in the next few minutes, if you'll take this, it'll change your whole life forever. You may think you understand what I'm saying, but let the Holy Spirit take you to a deeper place in what I'm fixing to share with you. I don't think I've ever shared this before, what I'm fixing to tell you. And I believe that it's actually life-altering. Because with me, I'm a visual person. I, I need somebody to show me. I, I need to put my hands on it. I need to touch it. I need to, you know. You, some people, you can just tell them they got it. With me, you've you got to tell me, show me, play it for me, you know, sing it to me, uh, Give it to me where it's all wet and I can put my hands all in it or what? I mean, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta get involved in it. And I want to know how to do this. Amen. I want to know today, like I've never known before, how to do what I'm fixing to share with you. Because it works. Because we serve an absolute God who is full of absolutes that are really absolute. They're all settled. Everything's settled. It's all settled. He's not going to do something else somewhere down the road. We just got to tap into what he's already done. James chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, right. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So there's something right there that we're going to talk a little bit about next week, but not today. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him, what do he say? What's the next word? Ask. But let that person ask in faith without no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. There lies the key to what everybody's problem is right there. 
But we're not here to focus on the problem. We're here to find the answer and how to get to the answer. Can you say amen to that? So, we're looking at the word believe and doubt. Let's spell the word doubt. D-O-U-B. Let's spell the word double. D-O-U-B. Took me a long time, but I found that the word double and the word doubt come from the same root word. You won't see it on the surface if you're looking at the Greek words. You won't see it in the translation of the Greek words of doubt here and and double in this passage of Scripture. But the root meanings of these words, as I studied them back, they come from the same root word. These words do. So today, I'm telling you that the word doubt is defined as double. What's double? Two. Right? What's single? One. So we're going to talk about one and two. One and two. To believe is to be single. To doubt is to be double. To believe is to be single. To doubt is to be double. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, does not double in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to come to pass, he'll have everything that he says. Any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men freely. But when he asks, let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith, believing, single, and no double. So, this breaks down my whole message today to these two specific things. One and two, single and double. Believing and doubting. How do we become believing believers? Everybody say, I'm a believer. We're believers, okay? If you're born again, you're a believer. So how do we become believing believers who believe all the time? Can we be people that believe all the time? All the time. Every single time, can I believe in every situation that I face? He says we can. Remember, he's an absolute God who's full of absolutes that are really absolute. And if he said we can believe, we can believe. He said, whosoever, in Mark 11, say, I'm a whosoever. Okay, so if you're one of them, then you can say to the mountain, you can say to whatever obstacle, you can say to whatever, whatever it is that you're facing, be taken up, cast in the sea, you have no power, no authority over me. Believe in your heart that what you're saying, he already said is so. When you say what he says is so, then you can have what you say. James 1 here, he says, if any of you, sounds like a whosoever, if any of you, 
Say, I'm an any of you. Okay? Not an idiot. You're an any of you. Right. We're, we're, we're any of yous. We're whosoever's. We're, we're, we're part of what he created, and all of us are part of it. Not just a few people that appear like they know some stuff. Everybody. Amen? We're whosoever's today. We can do this. We can accomplish this because we're these whosoever's. Let that person ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He's wavering. King James, for the word doubting, they use wavering. What does a wave do? Wave goes up, it comes back down. It's up and it's down. The tide is in and it's out. It comes in and it goes back out. In and out, up and down, up and down, all around. You come in here today, you really hear what I'm teaching and saying to you, man, man, did you hear what pastor said today? Man, I'm ready. Come Tuesday, well, you know, I, th- I think what he said is good. Up, down. Hmm? Coming in, yeah, going out. He said, let that person expect he'll receive nothing from the Lord. Up, down, in, out, back and forth, here and there, not sure, willy-nilly, because we're not confident about what we know is true. And the only thing that will bring confidence in your life is for you on a daily basis to declare what he says is so. You have to build that up inside of you every day. You have to be saying that and listening to that more than you're listening to everything else because if you're not hearing yourself say what he says is so, then you are believing what everybody else says. And CNN will convince you that their news is absolute. At least till tomorrow. <laughs> At least till they find out that they've lied and not told the truth. And I'm just saying them, whoever. The news out there builds all of their success and their money is built on telling stories. And for the most part, half-truths are lies. Well, you know, I I mean, there's some truth in that. If it's just some truth, it's a lie. Because something in there was a lie. And most news stories are tainted with lies. They're not absolutes. The Bible's real clear that, you know, if you listen to lies and you meditate on lies, you begin to become a liar yourself. God wants us to be people of truth, believers and not doubters. Now, I want to tie this together today and then we'll pick it up next week. I want to tie this piece together.
This verse says that when you're double-minded that you have two thought processes. We live in a society today that actually encourages you to not know for a fact what you believe in because you could be in pride for knowing what you believe. We actually have a society that supports not really knowing what you believe. Maybe one day you do and then the other day you're open. And You know, people that are, at, that are confident about what they know is right, that, I mean, they're attacked. And the word is attacked because of that. So, in the book of Revelation, there's a verse of Scripture, and it says it seven times in the book of Revelation. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Now, we've got, we've got these ears, but we have spiritual ears to hear inside of us what is true. With these ears, we hear ourselves speaking the word. You're hearing with these ears the word of God being preached. But in the same moment, if you're born again and the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, the Spirit of God, as you're sitting there, is showing you things about what I'm saying that I didn't say anything about. That's why you have to have the Holy Ghost. And he's showing you things, and, and every time I hear the word, I'm hearing it, and then all of a sudden inside of me, I hear something that goes with what I just heard. So you need it preached to you like this so you can hear with these ears, but then it goes from up here to down in here, and he begins to tell you something else. Here's my main point today that I don't think I've ever said it quite like this. Doubt has to do with being double-minded. Two ways of thinking about a specific thing. Faith or believing is singular. It's one way of thinking. And what that means is, doubt looks at a situation as having two possible outcomes to what it is that you're you're looking at. Two possible outcomes. Faith and believing, only one. Because the faith that we're talking about, not having faith in the government or faith in this or faith in that person or anything else, we're talking about faith and believing what God's Word says. God's Word always has one singular outcome to whatever it says it will do. Case in point. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. I was going to quote it. Ha, I'll quote it. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, let's leave that there as I say this. Paul is saying this to the church at Philippi. I'm saying this to the church in Kerrville. My God 
who's met all my needs will meet all your needs according to his riches, his way of getting things to you, and not the world's. Settled. One final outcome, which is what? Based on that verse of Scripture. All your needs are met. You have to choose when it doesn't look like it, and there's 45 other ideas about what should happen or whatever, that God's going to do that. Yeah, but how do I fix this? Then James 1 says, if you lack wisdom about how to get there, ask of God. He'll freely give you what you need. And if you will continue to go to Him, you'll go from two possible outcomes to only one outcome, and you get the results. Can you say amen? The double has to be reduced to singular to get things God's way. You can get things and make things happen and do it other ways. But when we choose to walk by faith and believe God's word as Mary did, it will produce the same exact results. There's a story in Luke chapter 1 right before the story of Mary and it's about Elizabeth's husband and how he didn't believe and as a result of it, because he didn't believe, he became mute, couldn't talk until, until John was born. He, we're talking about Zechariah who was John's father, the, uh, John the Baptist's father. And because he was believing what his head was saying, he became mute where he couldn't talk until his son was born. Mary had a question that was legit, but once the question was answered, she believed and she got the results. What would have happened if Mary would have said, I've never heard anything like that in my life. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who are you, you stupid? What, what, what is this, some fake thing? Am I in a dream or whatever? What if she had gone on and on and on like that? And God would have had to look for someone else. She had the choice. She had the choice. You and I have the choice. Jesus had the choice in the garden. God, if there's some other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, your will. His will is he began to see what he was going to have to go through, and he thought, you know what? I don't know if I can do this or not. But you know what? In the moment, the two went to one. With Mary, the two thoughts went to one thought. And when it came to the one thought and she believed it and accepted it, boom, it happened. You're in my two thoughts or 50 thoughts or whatever it is, all the, the uh, accumulation of all the different thoughts that try to talk us out of what God's word says is true. When those two thoughts become one, and we declare it, and we ask, he's faithful to give it to us because of what he said in his word. Whoever says, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says are going to come to pass, when? When he says it, not when he sees it. The world says, show it to me and I'll believe it. God says, you begin to believe it. You get the belief on the inside of you. You declare what is rightfully so, and you'll have what you say when you say it. That doesn't even make any sense. Right? This, this book makes absolutely no sense. But it is the hope of the whole world.
right here. The hope of the whole world, whether, you, whether people know it or not or believe it or not or whatever. Remember the story I told you about the guy on the airplane that was sitting next to me? Am I, am I boring you with that story? <clears throat> but the end result of that story with that guy was he thought that my God was a different God. See, he, he, he thought he didn't know what I believed. And when he told me I could never serve your God because your God sends people to hell. This is a guy on an airplane that I had two and a half hours with that I really didn't want to talk to. I don't like to talk to people on the airplane unless God, I get this nudge in my insides about talking. I just like to put my headphones on and focus on what I, whatever I'm doing. A lot of times I'm doing stuff like that, but you, know, you don't want to be selfish. You've got to be open. And so the guy starts saying something to me. And when he told me that, I said, yeah, but that's not my God. My God doesn't send people to hell. He said, I thought you were a Christian. I said, I am. He said, well, that's what the Bible says. I said, have you ever read that in the Bible? He goes, no, but I, people told me. I said, well, you, you got the wrong God. And I said to him, I said, so since that's not my God, let me tell you about my God. My God said he didn't want any to perish, but all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. My God didn't create hell for people. He created hell for the devil and his demons. If somebody chooses to go to hell they got to step over jesus to get there their choice their choice don't you didn't hear me say that people aren't in hell i didn't say that and i'm not going to tell you that adolf hitler is in hell i'm not going to tell you that other people that did bad things because if adolf hitler gave his heart to god in the moment you'll see him when we get to heaven See, because of what Jesus did. That guy was believing that the God that I serve was that kind of God, and that's not my God. So that guy from that day forward, I've never seen the guy. I didn't lead the guy to the Lord. I didn't pray the prayer of salvation with him. But I told him I'm going to be praying for him every day, and I believe because of what I told him on that airplane, that guy got saved. Now watch this verse. Acts chapter 16. And this is another absolute. Watch this. Put your fingers in your ears if you don't want to hear another absolute. Because you're going to be held accountable for this. Oh, this is a bad one too. Woo! So they said, verse 31, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Forty years ago, nobody in my household was saved. Nobody, nobody. I got born again, and today all my family are saved. You and your household will be saved. That's an absolute. If you believe, not just if you make a confession, not just if you say, oh, Jesus, come live inside of me. I don't want you to kill me. No, no, not because of fear. Fear is not going to lead you to heaven. If you make a confession because you believe that he is who the Bible says he is, that's why you've got to know. People have to know things before they can accept him. If you believe that, then you're saved. 
And if you're saved, you can believe for all of your household, no matter what it looks like today. Yeah, but you know, you, Pastor, I, I hear that, and I'm sure your family's all, you know, sweet people and all that, but you don't know some of mine. Two. You got to bring two, you got to process it down to single minded. If he said my whole house can be saved, then everybody in my house will be saved. No question, right? 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, you and I were healed. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't realize what's going on. You don't realize what I've had to battle with or whatever, okay? But he said, see, so two different ideas, maybe two or three or five different reports, ideas of other people, people say this and all these other, okay, all right, I I got that. We all deal, every one of us deal with it every time that a promise is put before us and that promise isn't looking like it's manifesting today, then you've got all kinds of thoughts that are going to come at you and attack you and, and try to convince you that it's not true. So you got to take the time to allow that process of all those thoughts to become one and that one is his. By his stripes, I'm healed. So, every day, and this is just one of the things that I say every day, okay? I say this over myself, I say it over my wife, I say it over my, my immediate family, all my extended family, I, I declare, I, I speak this over my parents, my wife has a living parent, and I have one, so I speak this over my parents every day. And then at different times, something a little bit different, I speak over all of you every day. This is, this is what I say, but I say this one every day. Myself and all my family are healed. Every organ, every cell, every bone and system of our bodies are whole with no malfunction. I say this every day, multiple times a day. We don't do cancer, strokes, heart failures, or any other form of disease because everything is under the blood of Jesus. That statement is based on a singular way of thinking from God's Word that I refuse to be talked out of, but I remind myself of it every day. I've not waited till some attack against my body comes, and then I'm trying to scramble for finding out what's so. You may be one today, something's attacked your body, and you're scrambling for what's so. Who cares? Just find out what's so. What is so? Whatever he said. By his stripes, you were healed. Not will be when the symptoms go away. You were healed, so I'm rejoicing today that by his stripes I am healed now. Can you say amen? So, with all of that, I say to each and every one of you today, you're here And you and I are here with a destiny. We have purpose. You hear about your purpose every time you come in this this building. You hear us teach about your purpose and plan for life. You've been finding out here that God had a plan for your life before the foundation of the world. Man, 
There's no end to what God is doing and will do in your life. And I'm telling you today, because what Mother Mary chose to accept when the angel came to hear to her, because she received that, she conceived in her womb. And Jesus came about the way he had to come about into the earth, leave the riches of the heaven to come to the poverty of this earth so he could relate to us, be our elder brother, be born just like you and I are born, not from the sperm of a man, but from the sperm of God. He was born into the earth. He lived on the earth. He made a choice to die for you and I. He was raised on the third day. He was here for 40 days and ascended upon high, sat down at the right hand of the Father to a work that has been finished that you and I have a right to receive every single day we face anything in life. And I'm telling you today, you can choose the two or you can choose the one. And every day you have to practice going from two to one in everything you face going from the doubt and unbelief because of all the other ideas that try to war against you regarding what God's word says. But the more you do that and you stay with it, that two becomes one. You become single-minded. James says, if you remain double-minded, you can expect to receive nothing from the Lord. You, you start becoming single-minded in your life, you'll receive everything God has for you. That's what I'm focusing on. How about you? Say, I'm a, I'm a one person. <laughs> I'm a one. I'm not a two. I'm a one. Amen? I'm a one. And I'm winning by being a one-minded person, thinking only the things of God and not anything else. And whatever it takes to renew my mind, to be free of other ways of thinking, I'll do it every single day based on what I say. Nope, I don't receive that. In the name of Jesus, I see it. I'm not denying that it's there, but I don't receive it. Don't, don't tell other people that you don't have a problem. Don't tell people you don't have something that you see right before you. If you're blowing your nose and you're sneezing and you've got 105 temperature and someone says, man, you got like flu-type symptoms. Oh, no, I don't have any of that. They're looking at you and they're not going to receive from you. They think you're an idiot. Don't deny the symptoms, Okay. Deny the right for the symptoms to remain. That's what wins the victory. Okay, I see this. I feel this way. I know what that means. I know what the world says. I know it's flu season. I know I'm, I need to be accepting that and receiving it and all those kind of things. But I'm not. By his stripes, I'm healed. That's an absolute. That's the way it is. I'm going to remain single-minded. I'm going to rejoice and thank God. And if I have to take aspirin, if I have to go to the doctor and take medicine as I'm driving to the doctor, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm thanking God for his word. If I have to take something else for it, I'm thanking God all along the way. Coming to a place where I become a real believer about the things that I'm operating in. You do whatever you have to do. But determine, I'm coming to the place single-mindedness that, that, that will keep me in the best of God for the rest of my life. I refuse to be a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I'm single-minded and I'm overcoming. Amen?